Hey guys, episode eight of Before, During and After. I'm joined with uh, Jordan Kahu. Um, massive thanks firstly for coming on, mate. Um, really appreciate your time. Um, if you can just give a quick intro on yourself, mate, and uh, we'll get into it. Hey uh, everyone, it's Jordan Kahu here. Uh, former professional rugby league NRL player. I'm now playing some rugby union and hoping to uh, you know, get into the professional scene in, in rugby union within the next year. Um, and also I'm a uh, full, pretty much full-time now that I'm not pro um, athlete, uh, full-time uh, photographer and videographer and yeah, also game as well, which is slowly building. So yeah, yeah keeping me Unreal. busy. How did um? Sorry, always forget about the kids. <laughs> How old are the little ones? Uh, five, four, and nearly eight months. Yeah. Okay. All going good. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's good, bro. I'm, I'm pretty lucky. My kids are really good. Keeps you busy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, mate. Well, how's the rugby union going? You playing for Bond? Yeah, playing for Bond. It's um, I'm loving it. Eh? I grew up playing rugby union, so. I was kind of, um, my whole career, I was always looking to come back to rugby union. And I guess with COVID and everything that happened at the Broncos and not resigning there, um, I kind of didn't really know what I was doing with my career. And um, I kind of just wanted to take a year off and, and kind of miss it a little bit. Um, and, and, and yeah, and I've just been playing union down at Bond and, you know, it's a good club and I've just been enjoying it. and. First couple of games, I was a bit lost out there. It was a bit different, but um, got the hang of it pretty quick and uh, really enjoying it. Yeah, so you said you were originally from Union. Where did it all start? Obviously, you were born in Wellington, is that right? Yeah, so yeah, I was born and raised in Wellington, New Zealand, a little suburb called Ellistown. Um, and yeah, just in Wellington, I think most kids just wanted to be All Blacks and Union was kind of the only sport in every kid's eyes. So. I was no different to that, and yeah, just pretty much my whole childhood. Um, grew up playing rugby union with with a bunch of other sports, but uh, yeah, I always knew that you know I was gonna chase the union route. Yeah, sweet. How how did um how did the league switch come about? How old were you? I was like 15, 16. I was playing um in my uh, school first 15. I was quite I was quite young, um and I just wasn't getting much game time, and and I was kind of um. You know, frustrated at that, so I went and um, played league on the weekend, which was kind of like against the school's like rules. Um, yeah. You're only allowed to play for the school if you're playing union, um, and I went and played league and just loved it. And yeah, it kind of just next thing you knew, I was I was on a plane to Australia, and it just all happened so fast. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you came over, you were in the junior system. Was it for Tigers first off, or? Yeah, yeah. So the the West Tigers put me into um, Keeper Park on the Gold Coast. They they flew me over. I went to like a um, like a academy training type camp um, in Sydney, and then went up to yeah Keeper on on the Gold Coast and. Um, yeah, went to school for two years there. We we had the, a good team the first year, but the second year we ended up winning it. Um, and then kind of at the end of that, 
I just didn't want to move down to Sydney and, and go with the West Tigers. Just wanted to stay on the Gold Coast, stay in Queensland, and that was why I signed with the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad spot up there, eh? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I guess I guess moving from from there down to Sydney in, in a bit of a rat race wouldn't uh, wouldn't be anyone's uh, ideal situation, I guess. Um, especially no. if you're not from a city environment. Um, yeah. Sticking with school and stuff, then obviously, you, by the sounds of it, you had a pretty pretty handy side. Many many boys play with you there that are they're still playing now. Or um, so the first year we had Corey Norman. Um... He was kind of the only real NRL player. The second year we had um, Ben Murdoch, um, Isaac Liu, um, Moses Futuaika, uh, Ignatius Parsi. Um, am I forgetting someone? But yeah, we had we had a gun. <laughs> it's team. a pretty good side anyway. Yeah, that's the year you went on and won it. Yeah, that's the year we went on and won it. But um, at the time we we were a bunch of nobodies, so. We were the underdogs, and we kind of just kept that rep, uh, reputation throughout the whole year, and it kind of um, it worked for us. Yeah, sweet. So, finished school what sixteen, seventeen when you when you signed with the Bronx, or yeah, I was I was eighteen. So I finished school when I was eighteen, and then signed with the Bronx end of '09, and then um, yeah, I was playing in the under twenties initially. Yeah, sweet. Um, twenties was a bit was a was a real strong comp, and I, I've only been living in Australia for five years. But I remember when I watched you when I first came over, it's big. It's changed a little bit. The like obviously with the New South Wales Cup and and Q Cup and yeah. stuff, people go that route. But um, I assume when you were playing twenties, that was like um, you jumped straight from twenties to first, did you? Yeah. So I was playing. I played twenties in two thousand and ten, um, and and I was full time um, under twenties, and then. End of 2010. That's when I um, trained in the first uh, in the NRL for full time. Um, so the end of 2010, and yeah, it was it was dope. I remember I remember getting the um, the call into the coach's office, Ivan Henjack at the time, and I was just uh, I didn't have a clue what it was what it was about, and he just pretty much said that yeah, I was, I was going to be a full time NRL trainer that year in our squad and yeah it was, it was like my debut it was such a it was so exciting just to be in that environment at the time um petro cinema siva was there darren lockyer um just like justin hodges corey parker there's a lot of yeah like, led the game and to, yeah, some massive names there but yeah it was pretty cool how do you find the transition getting into uh, obviously um it's changed a little bit now with the game, but being a youngster going into that first grade squad, how did you find the transition being surrounded by all those big names? I think I just, um, my biggest thing was that I'd always train hard and just be respectful. That was pretty much my headspace going into that. Um, I knew that if I trained hard, I'd get the respect of the, you know, the older, the older boys. And if I was respectful, I'd, I'd get the same. So, that was kind of my headspace at the time. I just didn't want to let anyone down, and I didn't want to, you know, come across as some, you know, young, arrogant, you know, school boy player who's, you know, yeah. won the school boy comp, and and that was yeah, kind coming of in it. too big for his boots, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just yeah, pretty much from get go, I just knew I was gonna you know keep my head down and and just be myself, just be respectful and and um, yeah, not not be a dickhead. 
yeah, no, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm sure any boys that went into that system with a bit of a different attitude um, got chewed up and spat out pretty quick anyway, and they would have learned the ropes. So, uh, yeah, I think um, having that professionalism from, from, from day dot is, um, is ideal, and I think people are learning that. Um, yes. How many years were you at the Bronx? Um, obviously, I know you only left the last year, um, but from start to finish, how many years all in? Um, so I started my first preseason for the under twenties was end of tw- uh, two thousand and nine, um, and then yeah, I finished last year. So well, and then I had one year at the Cowboys in twenty nineteen. Yeah. So nearly yeah, ten eleven years I was there. Yeah. Um. Obviously, um, not saying the club's going through a tough time, but they're having a bit of issues over the last few years. Um. But it's really been an iconic club, a club that everyone's always wanted to play for. You you, you enjoyed every minute at, at the Bronx? Yeah, definitely. Uh, probably the last two years at the club were probably my, my toughest. Um, you know, obviously getting shafted to the Cowboys in the first place wasn't the best feeling. Um, and then coming back and, you know, just uh, it was a bit of a weird feeling, was, you know, coming back because I was signed there. But... Uh, it was a bit weird because they didn't really want me there. You know, I had a contract, but uh, like, yeah, it was a weird situation. It just it was weird. So that it kind of put a, you know, foul taste in my mouth. Um, but yeah, I did I did have a lot of good years there. And um, I am grateful for, you know, them sticking around me at the, at the start of my career when I was injured a fair bit. And um, yeah, it's hard to see them in the position they're in now because like you said, there's just such a powerhouse of a club. And, you know, when you think of the NRL, what you used to, you you'd think that like you know most players would want to play for the Broncos. Yeah, and, yeah. From what I understand, know, every kid wanted to play for the Bronx. You know, like they were the. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, hopefully that mentality sticks around. But yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's sad times, but hopefully they can rebuild, and I think that's kind of why they're sticking by the young players, and hopefully they give them experience, but. It's always hard because they give them the experience and then they're obviously going to get offered money elsewhere yeah. when they start playing good. So they just disappear anyway. And it's kind of, you know, yeah. looking by the young boy, it's pointless in the first place. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, how So obviously, with that, you were still signed with the Bronx when you went to the Cowboys. What was the, what was the go there with the deal? Like, did, did they so say was, basically to you, or like you go in there for a year and, and then you're coming back? or? So my... Um, my contract didn't run out on side like a, I signed like a three-year deals and uh, deal in 2017 with the Bronx, so 18, 19, 20, um, and then obviously when Seaball came in 19, he said he didn't want me there, so um, it was either they kind of pay me out the rest of my contract and then I'll go to the Cowboys, or I just go to the Cowboys for one year and then see what happens after that year, and then obviously when I finished up with the Cowboys. Um, I could have re-signed with the Cowboys, but I was keen to get back to, you know. Um, so Seabold had you know, left then when you were coming back? or Nah, he was still there. He was still there. So it was a bit awkward. Um, but he, yeah, when I got back, he was, it was pretty good. He said to me, you know, you've got just every right to be a, um, as much as the other boys. So don't feel uncomfortable and, um, yeah, just get back yeah. into it. Did you have that conversation? Is there any reason why he didn't see you part of that part of that year? Or? Um, it was it was a bit hard because when I left, he said to me, "You're way too good to be playing Q Cup." 
Um, and but you're just behind. You're just behind a few. Like Jack Reed was there, and Jimmy Roberts was still there. Yeah. Um, he said you're behind those boys, and it was a bit of a bitter pill for me to swallow because I um, carried myself, especially off the field, in a you know um, in a high regard, and and it was hard for me to kind of you know Seabold was new he was fresh at the club and he he didn't know what I was like off the field and what I bring to the team on the field as well so he, I don't think he understood the input I you know yeah, had the, at the, the club. presence you had around the club and like you said on yeah. that field and the team environment as well yeah yeah well, was, what, um, what um the year he did coach you what did you find him like as a coach I didn't actually get to play under him I was injured um and then he left so I, I didn't get to play under him um i think he really cared about his players he um he did a lot with the boys around mental health and and that kind of stuff and um you know got boys talking to each other about their past and um what they'd been through and that i feel like that was really good i just yeah i don't i don't know what where he failed is is a bit tough because you know a players you know players got to take some accountability for their performance as well yeah, and 100%. obviously he's he's gone and they're still performing badly so yeah. um yeah, yeah i think yeah. i think anyway it's your job at the end of the day and and i only ask the question simply because i always get a giggle when um i go on social media and see everybody blaming either one player um yeah or, or one coach do you mean like yeah, it's a whole team out there. Um, same with Anthony Milford. Like uh, I, I absolutely find it hysterical when people just blame the whole loss on him. So yeah. it's definitely not his fault. Um, anyway, make less of um, the Bronco stuff. More um, moving forward there with yourself. Um, the rugby union opportunity. Um, you said you're enjoying it. How how did you get back at Bond? Um, so. When yeah, I just wanted to stay in Queensland and um, for this year, just while the world's crazy right now, you know, I could have jumped at like a contract overseas, but I've got, as I said, I got a young family and I didn't want to travel just for the sake of traveling, just because I needed money, you know. Yeah. Um, so that was part of my decision of staying here. I've got so where I'm staying at the moment, I'm staying with we're staying with some family, so we we had that as well. Um, and yeah, uni, union, sorry, I always want to play union. And I was kind of just picking the right club um, that kind of took the most boxes. Um, there were a few clubs in Brisbane that were keen in the premier comp. And um, there's just a bit too far to travel, to be honest. And um, yeah, Bonda obviously close down the Gold Coast. And, you know, they've got a good club, good, um, good culture, good coaches as well. And um they've you know they've said to me numerous of times if, if i'm still there next year then they haven't done their job properly so yeah um, so you, you said you had a couple of offers overseas and then what was it well, I'm oh, assuming that uk was, japan yeah. all that yeah like yeah, more super league type stuff um oh, yeah. but i yeah like i said i just didn't want to jump at the you know money i don't want to jump at the chances of going over there just for the money and that would literally be the only reason i'll do that um yeah. so yeah I, I was that's why i'm still here yeah i think if you well i'm not taking this but it, uh the lifestyle you'd go from living in the gold coast mate to 
you know, the freezing cold, shit weather. Footy's obviously still all right, but yeah, it's a big lifestyle change. And when you just got a young family, um, yeah, I can definitely understand your decision. I, I, yeah. I moved over here for six months and I'm still here five and a half years later. I could never move home. Do you know what I mean? Like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah sweet. So what, what's, what's the aim with rugby union then? Obviously, super rugby, I'm assuming. Yeah, hopefully if I, if I perform well enough and, and super rugby pops up, then I'd be keen to stay. And um, I was keen to go to the Reds in like last year when I finished up, but their roster was full. Um, so yeah, I'll just keep, you know, training, keep, you know, pushing to kind of get, get some eyes on me. And, and hopefully if a super rugby opportunity pops up, then I'll definitely be looking um, closely at it. But yeah, that, yeah that, that's, that's kind of the goal. Yeah, eventually yeah hopefully that opportunity comes up mate. i'm sure it'll be good to see you carving it up in there um mm. yeah so obviously like i said you when we were having a little chat earlier obviously wanted to talk with you about footy but why i reached out obviously um you've got a few things going on off the field as well um as you said cheer media so videography and, and photography how many years you've been into that how did that all come about obviously whilst being a professional football player um, so the passion for all the video stuff kind of just started when I got my first GoPro in 2013, maybe. And I just started creating videos with that. Um, I think I took it on my first footy trip in 2015. Um, I took it on a Kiwi trip, created a little video. And um, yeah, just over the years, up until 2017 is when I started getting real serious. 2017 is the year I started vlogging. Um, behind the scenes at, uh, you know, just in an inside and outside footy, uh, the footy scene as much as I could without um, being told off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, just from 2017 onwards, it kind of just went from vlogging um, and then turned it into a passion. And then, yeah, I just started really enjoying it and really enjoying, um, you know, creating and just, and just telling a story. And it just, you know, the gear started getting more expensive um the following was like you know people just know me for the stuff that i was creating and yeah just eventually got to a point where i was like i want to make a business out of this what am i going to call the business and then i was you know what i always say i always say cheer to everyone so i was just like that's me um and that's just kind of yeah pretty much it yes. and I'm, I'm lucky that i i you know kind of built that alongside footy because you know I probably would have had to jump at um, Super League or, or something um, that I didn't really want to take yeah so obviously you said you're doing it on the side of, of playing um, I've obviously watched a bit of your stuff um, was it hard like you said I heard you said as much as you could there it's probably hard juggling it and there's probably a bit of a cut off as well with how much content you can do within the NRL is that right or yeah, there's a lot of um, restrictions on, on content that players can post. Um, just with third-party like type um, sponsorship deals and major sponsors not really being fans of giving of players giving an insight to people that they wanna they wanna do. You know, like there's always sponsors saying that we want to give our viewers the insight to this so players can't do that themselves you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah 100%. Um, so that was real limiting and then um yeah obviously coaches some coaches just weren't fans of it you know they're just all like focus on footy nothing else yeah um which is probably yeah, a, like, 
I don't know, like personally, like I said, obviously I've never played in the NRL, but I guess, and you, you probably obviously it's your passion. Like it's nice to switch off, you know, you don't want to be going home thinking about football all the time. Do you mean it's going to drive you mad? Like if you've got that balance and it's not yeah. affecting your game, surely that, that, that's something they want to bring in. And, and you, you look at America with the basketball and stuff and how much they content they got over there and it's yeah. slowly creeping in at the NRL, but yeah. It's just, yeah, I think it's just more so about letting players create a brand for themselves to leverage off when they're finished because it's just too bloody tough on them otherwise you know they they've performed at a high level for so long and so many people have enjoyed watching them play um the least clubs and you know competitions can do is let the player build their brand and, and let them you know not so much leverage off it as they're playing but like set stuff up so when they're finished they're you know they're able to be you know keep working because fully yeah yeah, it doesn't end. last forever, eh? Like you could have, you could have an injury, and you, like you said, you when you when you're coming through, you don't plan to to be retiring at th- three years. But like you said, if you built yeah. something like like you have, you've you've got a brand now. Obviously, you've had to leverage while you were playing a little bit, but you're not going to be just known as as a rugby league player now. You're now known as cheer media, and and you've yeah. got your own personal brand. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, hopefully the game does evolve that way. Um, and yeah, there's a few people out there doing it, but uh, in my eyes, not enough. No, no way. No, sweet. So, um, just just with cheer, cheer media, um, you said obviously the equipment gets more expensive, more expensive. When you started out, you're just using your GoPros and stuff. Hopefully, a lot of listeners, yeah, obviously involved and, and interested in the same stuff as myself. What 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 did you look for, like? Uh, as you were growing like sort of cameras all that sort of stuff like i'm asking from a personal point of view here now i just got is it the a6400 never filmed any content in my life so yeah um yeah i'm pretty interested in on, on what sort of stuff you use for for cheer and um so right now i'm um, so the camera i'm recording off this off is the a7r3 that was kind of my uh, second big you know expensive camera um but yeah, when I was when I was kind of going, I was just I was buying little stuff here and there, and I got to a point where I didn't really have any, you know, really good um, quality gear. And I was buying all this cheap stuff all the time, and it kind of equated to the same amount of just buying an expensive thing in the first place. Yeah. So I remember knowing that, knowing what I know now, if I could go back, I'd just fork out the cash for a good, especially because I know I'm gonna. You know, I know I'm going to create content. I'm not just, it's not going to be like just a, a moment where I'm just like, I want to, you know, and then it goes and sits on the on the shelf and collects yeah, dust. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of understanding colors. If you, if you look at, if you look at, you know, Canon, Sony, um, like Instagram, you, there's a bit of difference in their like color science. So the colors are a bit different. I feel like Sony's are a bit moodier. Um, so understanding what colors you like in the first place um, will set you off pretty good because either way you go, there's obviously decent cameras at different price ranges that you can yeah. get. It's all it's all kind of um, preference, and um, I always reference it back to cars. It's you know, it, I mean, you could probably drive the same car, but you like the feeling of that car more than I like that feeling. And vice versa so i feel like cameras are a bit like that um it's all preference you know there's different settings menus but yeah at the end of the day 
it all comes down to what you like and what you see in your eyes um, to which which kind of route you take. But I definitely recommend if you're definitely going to get into it, then just fork out the cash, save and fork out the cash. Um, otherwise, just create off whatever you can create off yeah. you know, iPhone these days are crazy and yeah. a lot of people get hooked on the story so it doesn't have to be as cinematic as you think you can create a whole vlog off an of iPhone and you know it could, get, it could perform better than you know a lot of the other content you create yeah 100% that was my next thing I was going to say um, like for people who are obviously listening and looking to create their own brand all that sort of stuff I think you've hit the nail on the head there um, I think I was talking with somebody else about this um, that's Sandra Earl with um I think some people think you can just chuck a t-shirt on, on, on an NRL player and, you, and you're going to sell hundreds and thousands, but it's a, there's a lot more involved than, than that. I, you've got to create the story and, yeah. um, and go from there. How, what, what's, the, what's the story behind you? Obviously, you've been vlogging um, the whole time through your, your career and stuff. Now, what, what avenue do you want to go down with, with Cheer Media? Like, what, what's, the, what's the three-year goal, five-year goal for it? um so i eventually want to get it to a space where obviously keep doing the photo video stuff the creative stuff for companies but where i see chair media um i want to i want to create an agency out of it to a point where i'm kind of the middleman for brands and athletes um and i'm creating you know i'm either creating or i'm helping the athletes create the content that brands want to be a part of um, there's a lot of money that goes into, you know, different type of uh, social campaigns and um, I, I just want to be able to, you know, be the middleman for that kind of, yeah, like an agency, juggling all of those things and, and helping athletes, you know, build their brand. Yeah, um, okay. So are you um, saying something like um, an NRA, a brand, uh, we'll just, we won't use a brand name, for example, um, they look in for an athlete that can provide this, this and this you find the athlete you can offer obviously the content yourself you're doing it as cheer media and then you, yeah. you 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 leverage that with the player and take it back to to the company is that what you're saying yeah yeah so that that'd be like obviously it would find out the deliverables from the company and and see what you know um what kind of budget they have for those deliverables and then i'd yeah reach out to athletes and be like you know this brand wants this amount for this amount of work are you keen to do it? If you're keen to do it, are you happy to create the content? If you're not happy to create the content, I can help you create the content for this much percentage of that fee. Um, yeah, nice. And then, yeah, and then they've got quality content and it's not kind of yeah, just, you know, just like it kind of goes back of, on what I said before, creating stuff on iPhone. But, um, yeah, creating a story out of, you know, these deals rather than just, chucking a thumbs up in front of you know yeah. standing in front of this product and the, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it from me yeah um yeah yeah and, like, and and fans and that can see right through that so i'd I'd really push like an ongoing partnership for athletes as well just so it's a bit more um you know pleasing to the eye for for fans and, and supporters because they don't want to just see yeah like just a one-off thing you'd rather see you know a loyal um, partnership for a longer term. 
Yeah, and I, and I think that then obviously, like I don't know anyone in, in that avenue in, the, in that space at the moment, like you, you really found a market. But like you said, for example, if you found a player, they'll, they'll use, they'll do brands and that they actually want to be associated with as well. Do you mean if it's going to yeah. be something long term, they're not just taking a, a quick 20 grand here and there um, yeah. for, the, for the sake of it. Do you mean so it's going to build a, a relationship more than uh, just a one off ad? Yeah, hard out. And then I kind of like if I get approached by brands, then they want something to do. I don't know. I know it's an alcohol company. I know an athlete who's always posting about drinking or out partying. He doesn't have that, you know, that filter. He just doesn't care. You know, I can go to them, you know, I'm not sending them to the data for who never goes out and drinks or anything. Yeah. And he's promoting a beer company, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's me. That's that's really good. Eh? Um, have you approached anyone that, or or that's just that's something you're gonna do down the line? That's what your media's aim is. Yeah, that's what my aim is. I've I'm slowly building some connections to kind of get me to that level. Um, yeah. obviously, I'm gonna need an investment to kind of you know kickstart everything. Um, and a few other people. I just I feel like I'm a bit bit of out of my um you know capabilities trying to do some of the stuff so i need to get a couple of people that can help me out especially on the marketing side and knowing what brands are looking for contracts all that type of stuff yeah um i need i need someone to kind of look after that so i can um you know get it to the position where i'm doing what we just spoke about yeah nah, well nah, unreal mate unreal um yeah mate true media was obviously massive um Obviously, you've been doing a bit of merch out of it. That just that simply you're not looking to, to create that brand. The merch is just simply for exposure and, and keeping it growing. Or yeah, so when we're in the bubble last year, obviously I couldn't get out and grow the brand through shooting and um, you know creating content. So I I was I remember I was sitting in my office. I was like, how the hell am I going to get my brand out there without actually doing that? Um, and that's when the merch came in and. Yeah, kind of. I didn't um, expect it to go as well as what it has, and um, kind of just been building from there. And if you know, like, if I build it to a position where I can just put it into, you know, keep the clothes going, keep it like a full, fully flowing um, clothing business, then I'll hundred percent do that. And yeah, um, yeah, stuff's just been going crazy. Every job, I just, I'm always so nervous because I feel like it's gonna do so bad. You know, especially buying the stock in the first place, I'm like, I'm not going to order this amount because I'm not going to sell all that. And then I order and then it just sells out. And I'm just like, man, I should have ordered like so much more. Yeah, always the case, mate. I had a I had a clothing brand. Um, I, I run a team wear brand now, so I couldn't do both. Like I do like sports team wear, like kits on and off the field, all that. And obviously the volumes and quantities are sort of a lot bigger. So I'm yep. still working part time as well. I have to choose between one but yeah i know what you're saying if you sell 50 t-shirts you you oh, i should have bought 100 if you sold yeah. thousand, you should have bought five thousand. this always always yeah. a story like but um yeah no nah, i think um like you said if you can keep it going and it pretty much runs itself while you're growing chair then then yeah what um will you get will you get a couple of people on board working with yourself if you go back playing footy so chair keeps growing yeah, so I tried to do that. Um, it's obviously a bit hard because it's kind of like, how do I get people working for Chur that you know are just as passionate about it as building the brand as I am? 
obviously a lot of you know, there's a lot of content creators out there but they're kind of wanting to build their own thing you know what i mean yeah 100 yeah um so i'm, I'm kind of like I, ne I need to get to a position where you know chair media is earning enough to just pay someone to do something yeah um, yeah because, yeah, I've tried it before and, and it just, yeah, like I've tried to get a couple of people on board, but they eventually just, they've got their own vision in their head for what their business looks like yes. and what they want for their business. And Chermedia is kind of just, you know, another thing they're doing. So it's a, it's a um, definitely be an option in the future when as Cher grows. Like I said before, I definitely need someone that's a pro in the marketing space and they can, um, you know, do what we what I, what we spoke about with connecting brands and kind of someone that's got that network already as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the, it'll definitely come along the way. But yeah, until then, outsource. Yeah, yeah. You don't wanna um run before you can walk, sort of thing. But I I think yeah, like you said, you don't wanna also um when it gets up and running, employ the wrong person, and um you take two steps backwards. So I think yeah, take your time and, and let it come come naturally. I guess. Um. Just a couple of questions then, mate, really, um, from me. Um, like I said, massive thanks for, for talking about Cheer and, and the content side of things. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, I just asked a couple of local people um, a couple of questions for yourself. Um, nothing too bad. No one's thrown you uh, under the deep <laughs> end, mate. Um, so a couple of footy ones. Um, best play player that you've played with? Golly, Roger. Roger. Yeah. yeah and then yeah just the I, the thing i love about roger is like i've played with a lot of dudes that are just guns and shit trainers and like shit attitude and shit diet just in it and does my head in you know it does my head in but roger's just like complete athlete athlete he just he carves up he's just so professional good fella good morals he just trains the way he plays yeah 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 he'll stay behind do extra fitness just by himself just that that type of that type of dude and he's 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 making the making the switch eh? yeah making the switch i'm excited as to see um what he does in union he'll be in the all blacks for sure you reckon he'll go get in the all blacks yeah he'll be straight in there what do you reckon straight he'll play there. i don't know eh? well they just lost um nani lamape to yeah so I don't know if he'll fit in second five there. Maybe I don't know. They got Leonard Brown and um, that other what's that blonde guy with the mullet? Oh, I can't, I'm not too know. sure. Yeah, so I don't know, but I feel like I feel like he'll be straight in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it'd be interesting to see him in Super Rugby. I think he will carve up. Um, you see yeah. a couple of people uh, doubting it, and uh, now nah, when you got talent like that, you're gonna slide straight in. I think. He comes from a uni background too. He played New Zealand schools and that before he moved up, um, moved over. So yeah, he's got. Yeah. Uh, what did he come? Roosters? Did he go Roosters and then back yeah. to the Warriors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Um, best player you've played against? Um, uh, GI probably. GI or Cameron Smith, both. Yeah. I play, I think I played. I marked GI in like my second game of the NRL, and like. Just the power. It was 2014, so he was just car still carving then. 2013, sorry. Um, but yeah, he just like if he wanted to throw you off, he'd throw you off. Like you kind of just had no, like unless someone asked 
there helping you, you kind of had no like other option. Yeah, and he, he's, he's laced the boots back up. He's playing for Warrington yeah. over in the Super League, scored on his debut yeah. last week. Yeah, so good to see you. Yeah, so he's um, really um, best Mad Monday. I'm breaking this down into, into three. Um, I don't know if you're much of a Mad Monday, but uh, the best venue? Best venue would probably be a boat we've we've been out on a boat a couple of times that's the best because there's no other people around and you just you know be as crazy as you want yeah. and you know you just do what you want and a couple of couple of nude you know the nudie runs on the on the on a, on a just like stranded little beach where no one else can see it's just yeah. it's so funny um but yeah that'd be the best venue i reckon yeah on the boat uh best player to mad monday with Oh, uh, no! There's been there's so many crazy ones. Everyone just goes nuts. Yeah. Uh, Corey Norman's always on. He's always on. Yeah. Good to drink with. Um, and but yeah, probably just my close mates. It's like Alex Glenn. Um, you know, like back when we used to be able to drink all night and day and not and wake up the next morning feeling sweet. Yeah. And do it again. Yeah, probably, probably those boys. A few crazy ones. I'm just trying to think. Who's, who's yeah, Corey Norman. I, I can imagine. I, like obviously those boys at um, YKTR. They yeah, they have a good bit of fun. They've built a good story, yeah, and that, that's popping at the moment as well. They. Eh? I'd like to get. Yeah. I got Isaac John coming on here, so that'd be good. Oh, yeah. I'd like to get Corey Corey on here as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this one you, you, you can easily avoid if you want. If you tell one Mad Monday story, uh, you can also, what goes on tour stays on tour, you know? This is another, I'll just, I won't name any names, but um, this was another nudie run story. So we were at one of the boys' houses and um, the boys had to run to this um, beehive and back. And obviously being both in the nude, they they ran and when they got close, the one that was behind pushed the other one into the beehive no. and the bees just went everywhere and they had to sprint back. And then yeah, it was just it was just the funniest ever just seeing them, you know, like after like rocking the beehive, just seeing them in the nude just Did you get stung? Nah, nah, nah. They managed to get out of there. Managed oh. to get out of there. Fuck, it was funny. Like we just weren't expecting it. To, for one of the boys to push him in so when yeah. they got close pushed him and he just and then the other one was chasing him all around the backyard it was fucking hilarious yeah no fucking sweet no but that's um yeah that's pretty much i covered heaps of what i wanted there like i said thanks thanks again for coming on um i'll uh i'll keep a close eye on you with um with the with, with the rugby um yeah and uh i seen a couple of clips come up on, on the pig athletic is it is it pig athletic yeah, yeah, they're doing a bit of content there, and yeah, yeah. and and hopefully we'll see you running around in the Super Rugby. Next hopefully, year, mate. Hopefully. Me on, bro. No, thank you. Hey guys, um, if you're still listening, big thanks. I hope you enjoyed. This podcast is brought to you by Goosey Sports for all of your team wear needs. Um, please like, share, and spread the word about this podcast so we can keep it going and keep growing. Thanks again. Bye.